It's hard at this time of the year, with all these doom and gloom readings at Mass, not to think about the end of the world. Was Jesus speaking about the end of the world when he said that the temple would be destroyed? Not likely. But when he talks about earthquakes, wars, destruction, and persecution, it's hard not to think that he is referring to the times we are living now. Now, it's easy to see the state of the world today and conclude that all these bad things are happening and we should be afraid. In fact, the proper attitude is, all these bad things are happening, but it's not the end of the world. Why is Jesus giving us these warnings? I think it's so that we are attentive. But it matters how we are attentive. Are we attentive with fear or with hope? Do we respond to all that's happening with fear or with hope? Fear is never a motivator. We should never make a choice out of fear. That's not a choice. Our response should always be motivated by hope. In a few weeks, we will be celebrating the solemnity of Christ the King, a day when we are reminded that Jesus is the supreme ruler of our lives. So, who rules your life? Don't let fear rule your life. The battle has been won. Jesus Christ is the King of the universe, and his kingdom is one of hope. It's not the end of the world. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to another all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and sitting here with me is Sister Marie Paul Curley. It's been a long time. It's been a really long time. I've missed being here on. I Salt know, and, Light. and I and I know. I was going to say, I hope you had a good summer, but I know that you had. Uh, it's been a difficult summer for you. <laughs> it has knee replacement surgery is really tough. <laughs> That's right, Sister Sister Marie Paul has a bionic knee. That's right. It's kind of cool. Um, almost science fiction, like we're going to be talking about. Oh, good. Yeah. So you can run faster and jump higher. <laughs> um, um, so, yes. Yeah, so you're going to be talking about uh, a sci-fi movie? Yes. Yes. Um, the Atom Project. Okay. The Atom Project. So it's a sci-fi, time-traveling. Uh, kind of comedy kind of comedy family mm -hmm. family yes. film okay so that's uh okay okay well you don't usually tell us what the film is beforehand <laughs> so this is the, the the must be okay so if people are are uh, curious about the adam project uh stick around and sister marie paul is going to give us the windows to the soul to that film in about 15 minutes now sister this this uh program we have a new segment we're introducing it's a new segment it's called into the breach and I hope that you, that's not the first time you hear that expression. No, it sounds okay. great. So Into the Breach, uh, it's uh, with my good friend, Damien O'Connor. He's a brother, Knight of Columbus. So, but it's not a segment about the Knights of Columbus, although it's very much related to the work of the Knights of Columbus. And, uh, and it's also not just for men, although it is a segment that I think would appeal more for men than anybody else. So that's going to be in about five minutes into the breach with uh, my brother Knight, uh, Damien O'Connor. Uh, yeah, just after our first song. And then in our second half hour, sister, we're going to meet Harry and Jennifer McAvoy. Um, Harry began suffering from memory loss. Mm -hmm. uh, I, 
I understand that it's something called mild cognitive impairment. Although there's been no diagnosis, they think it might be something like that, but it doesn't kind of fall into. Anyway, it's the memory loss is 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 his story, but I what 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 they talk about is just the struggle in general of what it's like to go through mm-hmm. suffering, um, especially you know sustaining your faith, sustaining hope yeah. amid the storms of life. Um, wow. So they've written a book called faith, love, and loss, sustaining hope amid memory loss in the storms of life. And I think it's, uh, even if people are not struggling with memory loss or, I mean, everybody's struggling with something. That's right. Right. With knee, yeah. knee pain. For <laughs> 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 that. Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, even, even your situation, you, you have to adjust your, you know, how mobile you were and, and what you can do, what you can't do, you know, loss of activity, all those things that, you know, and maybe even in, for some people, it means loss of work or employment or employment changes. So there's a lot of things that come with, um, with any physical, uh, struggles or suffering, I think. So I, I hope that people are interested in uh, uh, sticking around and listening to Harry and Jennifer's story uh, as they talk about how they've sustained hope. And, well, it's, and it sounds like a really great episode, Pedro. Yeah, it, it is. It's a, it's a really good, uh, there's a really good story. Um, so that's going to be in about 25 minutes. And then at the end of the program, we, last week, so sisters, last week, we spoke with, with Will Hickel. He's a singer-songwriter. We kind of reconnected with him. And Will has a... Uh, 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 he, he helps artists. He's got a recording, uh, label called Novum Records. And so he was mentioning a, a woman by the name of Kate Curran, another talented singer songwriter. Um, and that turns out that that's who we're meeting today. So, so we're going to be meeting Kate Curran. She's originally from Ireland, uh, but now lives in Atlanta, Georgia. She's the director of youth ministry at the cathedral there. Um, and I think if you like, folky, contemporary kind of that sound, I think you're going to like her. Mm. Um, And what Kate has done is that she's taking a lot of our traditional hymns and sort of folkyized them. Um, It's quite, quite, quite beautiful, actually, quite unique. So I, uh, I I think people are going to like this. So so we're going to be speaking with Kate Curran at the end of the program in about 40 minutes. And then a reminder, um, Sister listens to the program on Apple Podcasts. That's right. That's right. So you can subscribe on Apple or Google or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. But the easiest way to get the show is just go to our website, somedia.org slash podcast. In case you're listening in the car and you're not able to hear the, the whole program, you can just go home and listen to it on your own time. Um, okay. So I think we should start, sister. How about a song? That'd be great. Okay. A song. So let's start with Kate Curran with her arrangement of... O God, beyond all praising.
That was Kate Curran with her arrangement of Oh God Beyond All Praising. And we're going to be speaking with Kate Curran at the end of the program. So I hope that you can stick around for that. And now it's time for... Into the Breach with Damien O'Connor. Damien, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thanks so much, Deacon Pedro. It's great to be here. Was that a good introduction? Did I did I do like a deep voice, Damien O'Connor? It was impressive. Impressive, really, really good. Because Excellent. this is is this is a this is a segment for men, is it? That's correct. Is it only for men? No, not only for men. We all need to step into the breach. Okay, so tell me about that because I've heard into the breach many times, Knights of Columbus. But I don't, I don't know, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means. What is into the breach? Well, Bishop Olmsted wrote an apostolic exhortation called "Into the Breach," and it that was specifically for men. Essentially, it's challenging men to live their Catholic faith uh, in the public square because it's very easy to live it privately, but he he really challenges to live it publicly. We then took that exhortation and. We're very blessed to be able to put together a video series right. uh, for anyone to view. Yep, um, it's on our website and it's free to download, and um, it's been very effective. We've had over uh, a million views of it. Okay, so so Bishop Olmsted is the bishop of where? He was formerly the bishop of Phoenix in Arizona. Okay. he's now retired. Um, yeah. So he wrote it approximately five, six years ago. I forget. The okay, exact right. Year. And then, yes, I have heard of the series. So, and when you say that it is on our website, you're talking about the Knights of Columbus. That's correct. For so, people, I'm going to say for people who maybe have, maybe I'm sure people have heard of the Knights of Columbus, but maybe they have no really, other than, you know, they miss the feathers and the swords. What <laughs> so are the we, are, we are the, the largest Catholic uh, men's organization, uh, lay Catholic organization in the world. So we have Roughly over two million members. Yeah. And uh, if you were to ask me, what does it mean to be a knight? It's we believe that living our faith makes a difference, and we we choose to live differently than secular society. And we I really did try, try our best. I did ask you once, what does it mean to be a knight? Because that's how we met at the Supreme Convention this Supreme summer Convention. in Nashville. Yeah. You and I, uh, I was very blessed to have you uh, share the hosting desk with me as we were covering the convention. And uh, I did ask. Well, that's you very that kind of you, but I'm the amateur. You're you're the professional. I no, was, no, no. This I was, was blessed so much to be fun. with you. There, there, there's a reason why Damien is now doing a segment with me on the Salt and Light Hour. So, Damien, you work for the Knights of Columbus for the Supreme Office. You're the president of evangelization and faith, for, or sorry, the vice president <laughs> of evangelization and faith formation for the Knights of Columbus. Um, and you're going to be hosting or or, or 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 hosting this segment with me ongoing on the Salt and Light Hour called Into the Breach. Is that Into the Breach kind of like a, like in in the trenches? Into the Breach is that sort of where that what that means? I still don't know what it means. <laughs> so in wartime, when you when you have an army and there's that area in between, and and someone needs to go in there to keep us safe, someone needs to go in there to to fight, if you will, and. So that's in, when you're stepping into that breach. In our case, it means really living your faith, stepping into that area where um, we live our faith in the public square and, to be, and not to be afraid of that. And so that, that's what Bishop Olmsted was really trying to get us to do. Okay. So does, does the work that you're doing with evangelization and faith formation for the Knights of Columbus have anything to do with the that breach well i certainly hope so but this could be my 
my last interview with you. <laughs> <laughs> That'll last be the show. end of that. Yeah, when uh, Supreme Knight listens to it, he'll be like, that's it. Get that guy off the air. So Supreme Knight Kelly, about six years ago, I, I happened to be talking to him and I wasn't, I didn't work here. And I said, can you imagine if we actually evangelized our knights? If we really taught them how to evangelize? I said, it, it would change the world. Yeah. And that one thing led into another and then ended up being hired. And so that's our whole focus of my team. Some of the most talented people I've ever worked with. And I mean that um, where we really try to help at the grassroots level to evangelize our men, to get, offer them faith formation so that they can then share it with others. And so, so far we've been very blessed. Uh, it's been people, they, our guys have really received it well. So what, um, what, what do you do? I mean, I'm a knight and honestly, mm -hmm. I don't think it's trickled down as, as far down as, I mean, mind you, we're coming out of pandemic and all that, but mm -hmm. I really don't feel like, and I know you're new and it's just mm -hmm. a new thing, but I, it really, has it trickled down to council level? Well, it, it's about five years ago, we changed uh, the program structure. So now it's called faith in action. Okay. So it's very intentionally focused on literally putting their faith into action. So the programs that they do, we wrote it in such a way that when they participate in those programs, they have the opportunity to encounter Christ. At the end of the day, that's what all of this is about, is, is getting our men to have a really live a Christocentric life, to really focus on him and his relationship with our Lord. And so to do that, you often have to have people just in that environment, in that yeah. space in yeah. which they're doing things. Uh, some of it, those things are prayer. Some of those things are uh, service work that we do, but intentionally putting them in that space and then they have that opportunity to encounter Christ. So it's a, uh, it's a huge focus for us now. And it has been for the last five years. Okay. So is it your hope then that it, during this segment, as you and I meet once a month or so in, we meet in, in the breach in, we go into the breach together, um, that our listeners and, and you said may, mostly men, but this is not just for men, but maybe there are listeners who are men who are not members of the Knights of Columbus that we can share a little bit about the kind of work that you're doing with the, our brother Knights and share it with our listeners so that they also can, can, can benefit from the work that you're doing. Yes, I hope so. And that, that's certainly my intention. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about the Knights. The yes. People will say pancake breakfasts and you guys dress funny and all this and that. And yet, there's I do miss so the feathers. Much, the feathers were nice. There's so much more. The feathers <laughs> were nice. The feathers. Well, I, I'm sure we have. We could find you some on some eBay. Anyway, so words. sorry, misconceptions. I'm sorry, pancakes. Yes, I interrupted the, you. It's fine. There's there's so many things about us that people aren't aware of, even how we started. So I'm looking yeah. forward to sharing that in, in future segments with you. Okay, and so maybe as we close today, people should go to the website kfc.org and watch the series Into the Breach. That would be a great start. That would really give the flavor, if not the downright experience of what we are really focusing on now. Um, and I think people will like it. If someone wants to use it in a men's group, there's also a study guide. Okay. It's, it's all very user-friendly. Okay, good. That was going to be my head. next. That was going to be my next question. So people can uh, they can watch it on their own, or they can watch it as a group, or bring it into your parish and do it as a as a as a formal group in your parish. Absolutely. There's tons of parishes that are using it now, and we're we couldn't be happier. Okay. Well, good. So that's into the breach. Thank you, Damien. It's so good to to be doing this segment with you. Uh, at least an excuse to get to see you once a month. <laughs> it's um, my pleasure. Very good. Okay, so there you go. Into the breach. You can learn more at kfc.org. Damien O'Connor, he's the Vice President of Evangelization and Faith Formation for the Knights of Columbus. And in case you missed it, 
You can learn more at kofc.org, kofc.org. Coming up is Sister Marie Paul Curley with Windows to the Soul, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Will Hickel with Novum Records, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. Salt and Light Television is now available on Roku and Amazon Fire. Just go to slmedia.org plus to find out how to subscribe. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister Marie Paul, she's been sitting here patiently wanting to talk about her sci-fi movie, The Atom Project. That's right. Uh, it's good to be here, and it's good. It's good to be here with you, Deacon Pedro. I've uh, I've missed our chats, so, yes. so. <laughs> I have to confess. Um, do you are you into sci-fi yourself? I don't know if I would say that I'm into sci-fi, but I don't mind sci-fi. There's lots of great. I mean, mm. you know, Star Wars, Star Trek. Um, those are all great sci-fi series, movies. Um, yes, but I don't yeah. go out of my way to only watch sci-fi. Well, you know, I used to feel like I was kind of like the odd nun out, <laughs> you know, the sister who loved reading fantasy and science fiction. Yeah. I, there weren't too many sisters in my community who would be interested. But now it seems like there's so much sci-fi and fantasy mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. in the general culture that it, it feels really normal. So I, I think, you know, people realize a little bit more how helpful it can be to look at ourselves and our problems from a completely different perspective, you know, as something that we've never imagined. Um, I was, uh, I, I recently found, I should have found this ages ago, but I just recently stumbled onto it. Um, Brother Guy Consolmano, you know, the, yes, uh, the director of the Vatican of yes. Observatory. Yes. Yes. He, he's written about fantasy and science fiction. And at one point he says, at its best, fantasy is truth. Indeed, there is more truth to be found in science fiction or fantasy than in many tome of philosophy. Interesting. Well, <laughs> so, spoken like a true scientist. <laughs> yes, really. So uh, the, the film I'm talking about today is not great science fiction, nor is it even great movie making really <laughs> and it okay so the adam project i i can't i i'm not giving it a five-star review I, I never give movies stars anyway but it, it very rarely mm. um but it also it has absolutely terrible language um oh. it's both swearing and overtly sexual so really this isn't a movie for everybody but if you can get past the terrible language it really is a fun film for a family with older teens that has a lot more to it. Mm -hmm. Um, It has some really great acting and some very powerful scenes. It stars Ryan Reynolds, who basically plays his normal self with maybe more jerkiness added. I mean, he's really a huge jerk. Um, He Mm. is the titular character, Adam. And we start in the year 2050 when time travel is possible, but very few people know it. And he goes back in time to prevent, and I'm oversimplifying here, an egomaniac from taking over the world. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, He accidentally arrives in the wrong year and ends up running into his 12-year-old self, who has recently lost his father and is starting to become the real jerk that the grown-up Adam already is. (laughs) Now, it's interesting. um, And he's a real jerk towards everyone, including his mother. Mm. Um, who's beautifully played by Jennifer Garner. 
Now, there's a lot of science fiction warfare in action as both the grown-up Adam and the child Adam try to save the world. But for me, the really powerful scenes aren't about the time travel, but about or between, I would say, the members of the family, the insights that they get from each other, the effort um, to go back and really communicate more honestly, um, some love and and some reconciliation that takes place, hmm. despite the fact that Adam continues to be a pretty terrible jerk, both as a kid and an old as a and as a grown right. up, but yeah. as a kid he has more excuse. So um, <laughs> it's not great science fiction. Even how it deals with time travel is problematic, and hmm. the ethics of going back and making a change is never even really addressed. But I liked it a lot because it gives. It gave me personally, as as a viewer, an opportunity to think about what would it be like if I could go back in the past and change something. And I'm I'm not talking about saving the world now. I'm talking about an important relationship in my life, yeah. or maybe something that happened to me that I feel has negatively affected me. What would it be like to go back and change something, or to look at it with wiser, more experienced eyes, mm-hmm. um, and to confront, like, like maybe it would affect me differently now if I looked at it differently or if I had a chance to um, make a difference back then. Um, and even though I can't do that now, that back then, you know, in my time, my history, I can do that now. I can look at my relationships now and say, Ooh, is there a little shift that I could make right now that could make a huge change in my relationship mm. as I go forward? So, you know, to sum up, it's a really fun film and it has some depth to it. Um, it does have a lot of violence. It's kind of comic book, like, well, not comic book, kind of comic book though, in places, um, not gory for sure, Mm -hmm. but I really did find it refreshing for these deeper themes of family, what it means to be family. Um, a a character like Ryan Reynolds plays who has moments of self-reflection and Mm -hmm. and reconciliation. Um, so it's rated PG 13 here in the U S for a reason, um, and again, be be aware that the language is really problematic, but it's got some really good stuff in this film. Okay, good. So the Adam Project, it's on Netflix. That's um, right. And uh, not for everyone and certainly not for younger kids, but maybe older teens. It might be a, a, an important movie to watch uh, for some of the themes about family and uh, self-reflection, maybe. And loss <laughs> and how um, all of that affects us as we mature. It's yeah, really, exactly. It's got some good stuff. And I like in what it. you say. I like what you said because I I hate time travel movies because they never make sense, and <laughs> and uh, but the idea that we can we don't have to travel back in time to make changes. We can make changes here and now, and and why don't we? So mm. you've left me without watching the movie. You've already left me with a little window to the soul over here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. So the Adam Project, if people want to watch it, you can find it on Netflix. Thank you, sisters. Good to good to see you, and uh, thank you for your insights. Great to great to connect, and you're in my prayers as always. You and and all the listeners at Salt and Light. Sister Marie Paul Curley is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul. You can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com and you can also follow her at Sister M. Paul. Coming up in our second half hour, Living With and Sustaining Hope Amid Memory Loss, and we meet singer-songwriter Kate Curran, so stay tuned.
Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Harry McAvoy can't remember anything from that day, but according to his notes, he was at work when he felt a pop in his head and felt disoriented and didn't know what day it was. That's when his story of memory loss began. Since that day some five years ago, Harry and his wife Jennifer have lived through the struggles that come with memory loss, diminished abilities, the unraveling of a career, loss of income, and, in their case, the lack of diagnosis and cure. Harry and Jennifer have written a book telling their story, Faith, Love, and Loss, Sustaining Hope Amid Memory Loss and the Storms of Life. And to tell us about their story, I am now joined by Harry and Jennifer McAvoy. Harry and Jennifer, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to see you. Good to see you. So, Harry, I think that when people hear that you're struggling with memory loss, they're thinking Alzheimer's, they'll, they, uh, you know, maybe other, some of our listeners have struggled with memory loss. But what exactly do you know? Has anybody told you what exactly is what's happening inside your, inside your head? No, you know, the, the expression I heard from a doctor that remains true five and a half years later is uh, no, no diagnosis, no prognosis. Hmm. Uh, it's some sort of memory issue. Um, it has not been diagnosed. It, could it become Alzheimer's or dementia? Possibly, but nobody knows. Wow. So, so I guess that the struggle is not so much the not having or struggling with your memory, but the not knowing. No, Pedro, it's both, you know, it, <laughs> it, um, because uh, for sure the not knowing is, is very difficult, but it's like, it's like living your day to day with missing pieces. And, and, um, so just when you are going through life, not remembering things, uh, it, it, it greatly complicates life. And complication, of course, adds stress and frustration and anger, uh, which only makes it worse for your memory. Yeah, of course. Jennifer, you, I know that this, we can say that this happened to Harry, but it's fair to say that it happened to you too. Um, how... I mean, uh, and I think that we can imagine what it's, or we can try to imagine what it's like to not remember things, but can you give us some examples of how this maybe affected you as, as Harry's bride? Okay. Um, well, from the very beginning, it was obviously a very frightening time in the very beginning when it first happened, when we couldn't, um, we really didn't have uh, any answers. So it was a very scary time for everybody. Um, I think it's just... Um, just the day-to-day -day living with somebody who you love, who uh, is having a hard time remembering what happened the day before. So it, 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 it can be stressful. Um, you have to be uh, remain, try to remain as positive uh, as you can through everything and as supportive as, supportive as you can. But um, I think it's just, uh, there's just challenges involved and there's also um, struggles, but um, also a lot of good encour uh, encouragement though too, because Harry is, he's able to um, plug through this whole thing and just be very positive about living with missing pieces as he describes it. But you know, in, in, in fairness to Jennifer, um, there's a lot of frustration and a lot of impatience on my part. And frankly, a lot of impatience on Jennifer's part. Yes. And which, which um, you know, it's very hard on a relationship. People, uh, you know, we've been married for 38 years and, and, you know, I would say we've had a really, uh, uh, we've had the ups and downs everybody else has, but we've had a good marriage, but this is, this has certainly tested us in ways that we could never have imagined. 
the title the title of the book there are three words and the first first word is faith i i wanted to ask jennifer first uh, again Jen, how hard was it to to stay rooted in faith not not knowing it how hard is it to have hope and and kind of root yourself in faith when you don't know what's happening and i don't know if you even felt that god was kind of not around well, I actually, I have to say, I never doubted that God wasn't around because I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that when you have these things that happen in your life, you have these um, situations um, that, you know, God's always there. And I think um, our faith, our shared faith that we have, just really, um, we just, I think we deepened it. Um, mm -hmm. our shared faith, we would pray together. Um, we would receive the sacraments. We'd go to mass together. I think we actually bolstered our faith during these last five years, um, because we needed to hang on to, besides hanging on to one another, we obviously had to hang on to, to our faith and, and trust in God through this whole thing. Right. So um, I, I don't really feel that I had, you know, I, I guess there were moments where you kind of uh, wonder, you know, why, why don't we have the answers to these things? But overall, I think God uh, saw us through everything. It's, it, it continues to see us through these, uh, these difficult times. Right. I was reading the book, Harry, and of course, I mean, I know you and I know the story. You've, you both have told me the story uh, in person, um, but I'm reading the book and I'm thinking, this is not really just for people who are struggling with this particular, you know, uh, problem, memory loss. It's for anyone that's going through uh, job loss or or any kind of loss or grief or any other struggles. Um, is that what you were hoping with the book? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like having written the book, you know, we we are already hearing from so many different people. Um, well, the book has been very well received, which is we're we're so grateful for. And people come and tell us their stories of all different types of suffering, and it's heartbreaking. And and uh, um, you know, for me, and I've said this so often now. You know, in Matthew chapter seven, there there's. Uh, build your house on the strong foundation because the storms are coming. And, uh, you know, Jennifer, I had encountered some storms with uh, a, one of our children who went through uh, terrible troubles in, in terms of her heart when she was younger. And, and I think, you know, that gave us a heads up way early in our marriage, build that strong foundation. And I think the secret is, Pedro, don't ever stop building the foundation yeah. because the storm, the storms are going to keep coming. And, mm -hmm. and it, this has been a wicked storm. And, at this point, there's no end in sight. So you just keep building. Do you, I mean, now you, I guess that you've kind of already answered the question because I was going to ask you what your hope for the book is, but maybe a different way to ask that question and you can both answer. So for that person that's listening right now, and it doesn't really matter what suffering they're going through right now, what struggle they're going through. Maybe it's just a struggle with in their marriage or job loss or a, a, a disease, illness, chronic illness. What would be the, the one piece of advice, Jennifer, let's start with you, that you would give them um, to help them pull through? I mean, you've already given us some advice, but maybe maybe one last piece of advice. Boy, um, I, I just, I feel like for me to give advice to somebody, you know, because everybody has their own circumstances and their own stories. But I would say um, communicate, communicate with our Lord, really just in prayer and communicate with your loved ones and, and rely on each other to help you through these times. Because I think Harry and I did a pretty good job of coming together, communicating, 
talking about what was happening with him um, and so on. So I just really just prayerfully communicate to God and, and, and share, share your concerns and worries and open your heart up to your loved ones and, and support one another. And yeah. not everybody has the same support that we have, but it's there's got to be somebody out there that you could, they could find some support from, whether it be a, a good friend. Uh, but um, I think the support of uh, loved ones and, um, and our Heavenly Father, of course, is utmost importance. Right, to get connected. And sometimes even though we have the support, when you're going through a struggle, it's not easy to open up and, 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 and be vulnerable about it. Harry, what would you tell our listeners? I heard an expression a long time ago that uh, has served me well. I don't, unfortunately, I don't know the source, but it's believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts. Don't believe your doubts and doubt your beliefs. Yes. So you know what? Um, I, I look at I look at God, uh, and I guess probably more at Jesus as my best friend. And my best friend is the biggest kid on the block. And I know it's childlike, but that has helped me so much. And I call on the Holy Spirit several times a day. So I believe my beliefs. I say my prayers. I, I get to mass. And, uh, you know, I, every now and then I get to I get to confession and put the garbage out. And it has been such a blessing in my life. Well, thank you for being, I guess, vulnerable enough to share this journey with us through the book. And uh, I mean, for me in person that you've you've wanted to share it with me. And I know that you, as you've said, you've touched a lot of people already, and I know that you will continue. And I do hope that maybe your condition changes because I'd love to see part two of the book. <laughs> well, Pedro, we want to thank you for um, coming together with us a number of weeks ago and talking about things and, and really all your encouragement. We really do appreciate that. And, and for you to help, um, help us to promote the book a little bit on the air, which is nice. Um, thank you very much. Okay, we really do appreciate your support there. And just to your listeners, uh, if they enjoy the read, please tell other people. Um, yeah, and a shout out to anyone in Cincinnati, Ohio that's listening. That's Jennifer's, Jennifer's, Jennifer's family in Cincinnati. Um, thank you guys. It's been it's been great. I'm sorry we don't have more time, but thank you. And uh, we'll uh, I'll make sure that everybody knows where to get the book. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much. You, God bless. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Harry and Jennifer McAvoy are the authors of Faith, Love, and Loss, Sustaining Hope Amid Memory Loss and the Storms of Life, published by Novalis. Here now is Kate Curran with Godhead Here in Hiding. Godhead here in hiding, whom I do adore. Masked by these bare shadows, shaping nothing more. See, Lord, at thy service, low lies here a heart. Lost, oh lost in
Kate Curran with Godhead Here in Hiding. 
Kate Curran is originally from Ireland, and she is now the director of youth ministry at Christ the King Cathedral in Atlanta, Georgia. She has been making music for 10 years, and as you have been hearing, she has a unique contemporary folky sound that works so nicely with some of our most beloved traditional hymns. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by Kate Curran. Kate, it's good to meet you. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Me too, Deegan. Thank you so, for, so much for having me. It's good. And now you, I have to apologize because I, I did say that you've been making music for 10 years, but I have a feeling that you've been making music for a lot longer than 10 years. <laughs> a little years. longer. Yeah, a little bit longer, I suppose. Yeah, I, I actually started uh, my music journey when I was about nine or 10 years old. Um, I My family are from Kerry, but my parents had moved to a, a county called Limerick and, and they moved back when I was about nine or 10. And to, to occupy myself, I discovered... Um, that there was a local wind ensemble and there was there was music lessons available and my neighbors were going so i i joined in because we were it was in the countryside so right. um just to have something to do i started attending music lessons and and i picked up the trumpet okay i was, was going to ask you, i yeah. did find a picture of you <laughs> and you have your trumpet yeah so, Okay, but there's no trumpet in any of the songs we've heard so far. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, no. Um, Is there? Oh God, yeah. Oh, God, beyond all praising, there's brass. Did I miss a trumpet? Okay. And yeah. that's you playing. That's me playing. Yeah. Okay, but not at the same time as you're singing. <laughs> no, sadly, I, I'm, I'm not. Um, uh, I haven't been gifted any special, special, no, like no. by location, like St. Padre Pio. I don't have the, the gift of playing two instruments at once. Okay, so wait, let me let's back up a bit. So you grew up in Ireland and you said in mm -hmm. Kerry and then you moved to Limerick. Um I presume you came from a, a a Catholic family? Correct, yeah. I was the youngest of six and my parents are, thank God, very, very faithful Catholics and, and raised us in a very faithful home. Mm. Um so attending mass. I, I have beautiful memories of, of praying the rosary as a child when I was, you know, as young as four. Um mm. and my I've I don't know if I have this memory from my own recollection or, or whether it's just something that my mom told me, but I have a, 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 an image of my, in my head of, of her taking me by, by the hand and walking to daily mass as a toddler. So very, very, um, very, very Catholic home. Yeah. Um, thank God. And, and I have my, my parents to thank for that. Yeah. And and was it a musical household or were you the not necessarily the outlier, I was the, yeah. yeah the outlier I think there was music in my family when I when I talked to my parents about this that like my my grandmother I think played the concertina which is um, an Irish instrument like a traditional Irish instrument so um, there was and my father is um, he was never trained or anything but he loves to sing he's a he's a definitely an, a born entertainer so okay. he he loves to sing and play guitar but he was never formally trained so there was there was there was a little bit of that growing up in my household but um I was really the first yeah to I think we always we here in North America, we imagine, you know, Irish families and there's always music and everybody's yeah. playing music. So Gathered around the fire. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. All the relatives would come over and, and, yeah. and they're singing. Um, so you said that you started, you were, you got interested in playing the trumpet and you were at, mm -hmm. at age nine, 10. Yeah. Um, at what point did, did it become more of a serious thing? Maybe when you started maybe writing some yeah. of your own songs? Yeah, I, I think. I I knew pretty early on that it was it was serious. Um, so by the time I was fifteen or sixteen, I knew that this is something that I wanted to study professionally. So I went to to college okay. and and I studied my de my degree was in um, 
music performance. So I studied at the Cork School of Music in Ireland. Okay. Um, and in terms of the, the guitar was introduced into my life and I, I didn't start singing until much later. I mean, I would sing in my bedroom a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, I was very focused on, on, on the trumpet. And when I went to college, I was with other... I, I lived and my, a lot of my friends were professional singers. So I didn't, cate- I didn't, I wasn't um, putting myself in that category of, of, of singer um, for, for a, a long time. And it took, it took a little while to develop that, but right. um, I started writing songs, I think in, in probably in my early twenties. Okay. Um, yeah. And so what, I mean, you, you work as a youth minister Mm-hmm. Um, you studied music. I don't know if you thought that maybe you would have a, a secular music career. I kind of don't know where you were in your faith, yeah. but I have a sense that you were strong in your faith. So I t- fill in some of the pieces for me. Yeah, but. sure. So I, I, unfortunately, like a lot of people, I did, I did have a, a period in my life that I um, just struggled to live a virtuous life. I, I yeah. always had the conviction that God was real. I never had a, I had never any contest with the, with the, the teachings of the church in regard to, I knew that they were right. I knew, I knew that the that the church held truth, goodness, and beauty within it. And, mm-hmm. um, and it, and, um, but, but I struggled somewhat like I, I, I always related to St. Augustine. My prayer was like, Lord, make me holy, but just not today. <laughs> just that, yeah, I've got yeah. these other things I want to do. And, yeah. and of course, being in, in a musical environment, in a secular environment, it was very easy to just to get lost in that lifestyle. So I did my college years. I, I definitely um, walked away from, from my, my, my Catholic faith and just um, never denying it, but, but just not practicing. Mm-hmm. And um in that in that period was when I began to develop, um, I guess, as a guitar player and a singer, just kind of um, honing that craft, which is you know it's a fruit of, of that period, I guess. But um, my yeah, my faith wasn't wasn't a big part of my life at that point. Then I thank God again through the prayers of my parents. They they kind of knew where the path I was on and knew it wasn't a good one, and they were praying for me. And um, I had a conversion, thank God, and I think it was 2012 or 13, so almost 10 years. yeah 10 years ago and um that just completely changed the direction of my life I gave my life entirely to the Lord and and with that I surrendered my gifts to him to be used to glorify him and um and so that led me into ministry first to to serve him um yeah okay yeah that's I guess that's where the 10 years comes in that that it was 10 years ago that that shift happened um I'm, I I love your sound. Um, why why have you chosen to record traditional hymns? You you sort of Kate Curranized traditional yeah. hymns. Um, yeah. What what's is there a special connection for you and and those yeah. hymns? There's yeah I guess there's a there's a, that's a that's a loaded question. I have I have a lot of <laughs> reasons. I guess one of them is um, I have a a deep affection for the tradition of our church and um the history that we have and and the treasures that are that are that can be found within it and and to me um even even though i'm a creative person um i can never in my opinion at least i I can't compete with lyrics as profound and as beautiful as saint thomas aquinas Mm. so i wanted to represent those lyrics and those melodies um to 
um, this audience that we have today and, and um, kind of help them rediscover some of the treasures that are in the church. Um, but, but definitely giving up my stamp, my, yeah. my sound, as you say, but um, yeah. So that was one of the reasons it's just a, a real affection for some of these beautiful hymns that we have and, and a desire to bring them to the forefront of, of Catholic worship. And one of the other reasons was as a, um, as somebody who leads people in prayer a lot with with praise and um with worship and through music um the recognition as grateful as i am for for the music in the protestant church and that our brothers and sisters there have have been creating and, and leading people in i had this hunger to um yeah bring back to the forefront mm. catholic hymns and catholic identity and 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 kind of representing that in a new light to maybe just be a bridge between the old and the new yeah, no, that's beautiful. There is a rootedness to 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 those hymns, but as mm -hmm. you said, you've made them not only your own, you've made them new in a mm -hmm. way that even hearing them, I'm thinking, I don't remember that part. Or <laughs> I'm gonna have to listen exactly. to the. I'm gonna yeah. have to look at my hymn book and see if if it's if it's uh, if she changed it yeah. um, or how much. Now Hopefully I the integrity of the hymn is still there. I um, I think so. No, it, it, beautiful, beautiful. And I I mean, of course, I do hope that you're also writing your own music. Um, uh, you you might be able to compete with Saint Augustine or or, <laughs> or Saint Thomas Maybe. Aquinas. Maybe. Um, Kate, it's been great meeting you. Thank you for what you're doing. I, I do hope that, that there's more music uh, being recorded so that we can get you back on the program. And uh, it's been great meeting you and, and listening to your music. Thank you so much for having music. me. Thank you. Thank you. And God bless and continue, uh, continue blessing you in your ministry. Awesome. Thank you. God bless. You can listen to Kate Curran's music on Spotify, on Apple Music. You can also find out more about her at her website, katecurranmusic.net. And it's Curran, C-U-R-R-A-N. Kate Curran Music, Kate with a K, katecurranmusic.net. I'll put that link on our site so you can find it easily. Um, and to listen to the interview again or to hear the rest of the program, go to slmedia.org slash podcast. And here now to take us out is Kate Curran with Doxology.
We're listening to Kate Curran with her single, Doxology. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can listen to the Salt and Light Hour podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also listen to every single Salt and Light Hour program that has ever been made at our website, somedia.org slash podcast. And you can find me, Deacon Pedro, on your social media. And you can also email me, pedro at esomedia.org. In the next weeks, we'll be back with Indigenous Voices and also we'll be meeting some new singer-songwriters, so I hope that you can continue joining us in the next couple of weeks. Continue to pray for each other and continue to take care of each other. And let's continue praying for peace in Ukraine, in Iran, in Nicaragua, and in so many places where there is conflict. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.